Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he didn't do the brownout, it's Arturo Zarita. Bro, it has been a while. Yeah, I think we talked about this the last time, people recommending us, American Vandal. Yeah, and Bojack, and thinking, and Bojack like, we're and, not on them. And, and you know what? You should. Check I want to thank you guys, that. man. I didn't even know that show existed. It was a very good show. I highly recommend it. Now, nah, I think we concluded season one's better than season two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we could get a little bit more into it later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. So we had missed last week because I, I finally back. Finally right. back. No more in the hotel. No no more on the road type of things. This is, this is literally the first Your recording Wi-Fi back. is not interrupting us. The for, it's not uh, for the first time. Uh, this is actually the first recording I've done back home, uh, video wise. So I'll be doing some Welcome. A to Z show stuff, and uh, yeah, so this would be like the first thing to just talk about it. Obviously, the last thing that we did was on the TIFF stuff, but since then we've watched some TV. I saw the um, the documentary you talked about. Oh, minding the gap. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I definitely good. want to ask you your opinion on it. Just I'm good. gonna tell you, you're gonna love. You gonna ooh, you gonna love mid nineties. All right, all right. Well, we got to talk about mid-90s soon. Uh, we are going to get into some other stuff, and we should be watching this channel uh, now that Art's back in Chicago, now that the summer is basically over. Mm. It's starting to get cold outside. It looks gray and ugly from here. Uh, we can do a bunch of new supplemental podcasts and stuff, so yeah. we're going to give you some installments about mid-90s content. or man or, or whatever go. these new big movies are so yeah lots of content coming your way and if you got anyone who you want to see us discuss it with hey, i'm gonna tell you what i do like if you see anyone who we got chemistry with and you're like yo they got to cop on the podcast remember let us know but let them know tweet it out at them but i'm gonna tell you this right here the ones with chemistry we like the ones who disagree with us those are the best discussions. So if we're tweeting out about how much we like first or like like or don't like first man, I need y'all to find someone who like adores it or whatever the opposite right. of us is because those are the best discussions. Yeah, we're down for an argument here on the intercut, but all in good fun. Uh, so in a little bit, we're going to talk about Ansel Elgort. We're going to talk about PG-13, Deadpool 2, and Netflix letting you choose your own adventure. But first, we start the way we start every week here on Intercut with what we're watching. And uh, obviously, there's been a lot, mm -hmm. but let's just talk about most recently, Art, what you've been watching. You want to talk about the Netflix stuff? Um, do you I want to save that separately? We'll I save think those we separately. Save the Netflix stuff for maybe topic of the week, and we can get okay, into some theatrical fair. stuff. That's fair. Uh, let's see. Theatrically, I've been trying to catch up on a bunch of the stuff that has that's come out recently. A lot of people said, "Yo, a simple favor. It's fantastic. It's crazy. Go watch. It's cute." Self admittedly, by themselves, Gone Girl 2.0. Uh, let me check right, some of the other right. stuff. Uh, did you see it? I don't know if you wanted to commentate on that. I haven't seen it. Uh, I've heard it's kind of like a parody, but not really of those. My man, that's you know, a parody. Single white female kind of thing. It has it's directed by Paul Feig. Right. That's uh, why so I have to see it as a parody. Comedic. Yeah. You just did spy. So yeah. Uh, let's see. Another one was Night School, complete and utter trash. Another one was uh, Life Itself, which a lot of people are like. Some people say this is complete and utter dookie. Other people going, this is one of the most mesmerizing movies Very of the divisive. year. I'm right in the middle. I was like. Really? I, I, see, because I can see something be like, yo, this is the corniest thing in the world. I yeah. like it. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I will say, as someone who hasn't seen uh, Life Itself or seen This Is Us, uh, it's from oh, yeah, the same right, writer right. as This Is Us. 
I find a lot of those show that shows trailers to be pretty corny, but from everybody I know who watches it, it's super emotional. So I think yeah. fans of This Is Us will probably like life itself. I can see I that. Think. I mean, it's that's definitely a part of it that's in there, and I feel the same way with another one that's out there called Venom. Did you okay, see? Okay, so yeah, I did not see Venom, but I've seen Twitter react to Venom, Bro. Uh, which makes me completely unsure whether or not I'll enjoy it. It definitely seems like. It's somewhere in the so bad it's good territory. Oh my, you got to go see it for your boy Tom Hardy. My man gives it his all. Like I said, I'm like Venom is he the always goofiest. does. Venom is the goofiest movie out there. And some people are like, why do you have to hate it? Why yet? I'm like, did y'all not listen to what I said? <laughs> this thing is to stream it. This thing is not like five stars. Right. Does that matter when you're having a good time? Like something can be so like just because you have just because you love something, you can't call it a masterpiece. You can't give it five stars. But yeah. I'm gonna be straight with you. Something that's five stars. Also, isn't just fun as watching Venom sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it seems to at least have kind of steered into this intentional comedy. Meme territory? Meme territory, at least, yeah. They've got, got funny people involved in the film. Tom Hardy has the ability to be really funny, yep. I think. Uh, whether or not it's intentional, I'm not always sure. But it, I, I kind of want to see it, you know? It seems like people have really enjoyed their experience of being in the theater for it even if they don't necessarily think this is like a great superhero movie. I think something. you would enjoy it. I think you should go see it for that. But one that I do think you did see, I think that we can both talk about. Stars Born? I haven't yet. Uh, we, we, I, I know, I know, I'm the worst. I was meant to We're not hiring weekend. Intercut co-hosts. If you would like to apply, <laughs> go to... What? You know, New York Film Fest is in town. Oh, I, okay, okay. Wait, wait, wait. I, no, no, tough, I, no. Okay, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. I forgot the film Thank fest you. was going on. You've been Thank attending, you. right? You've seen a lot yes. of good ones. Okay, yes. so uh, I'll quickly touch on A Star is Born unless we cover it a bit later. It's a sleeper I'm, right here. I know everyone's talking. Everyone's going, oh, it's living up to the height. I've already heard the it's very overrated. I understand all that. For me, I was like, it was a good movie. Boy, two days later. I'm singing the songs like full blast, yeah. but I'm still calling back to that. There's a Bradley Cooper line in this movie, guys. It's a Bradley Cooper line in this movie where the way it's delivered, you can't understand it because he's saying it while he's closing the door, and you're like, bro, what the heck was the point? But if he would have said it, you know what I'm talking about, right? If he yeah. would have delivered the line and then dramatically closed the door, it takes away from the fact that him saying it while he's walking away sounds like he really means this heart-wrenching line. A lot of the movie feels like improv. Very cool. Like it's you may kind of like it, loose. you may not. Yes, which which will make you go like, this is good. Others <laughs> feel it more authentic. It's growing on me. This is a grower, I want to say, for me. So uh, definitely go listen to the song that uh, I'm blinking in it. What Shallow? I'm off is that the, the one that they put I'm up? off the deep end. Yeah, 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 that yeah. Song's, that song's a banger. It's good. I didn't think, I was like, this ain't no La La Land music. It's not stuck at, I've been repeating that song like crazy, but... Uh, a, a lot of people have been saying the first hour of that movie is, like, straight up a masterpiece. Really? I would say it's more the last hour. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I would say it's more the last hour for me. But there is a scene. Oh, don't get me wrong. There is the walk-on scene to the stage with, with Lady Gaga. Woo! That, like... Like, you know when you're about to, like, give a presentation? Yeah. Man, did those... he capture that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was crazy. So talk okay, to me about the so film festival. I'm sure we're going to get much more deep into A Star is Born soon on this podcast. Uh, the Oscars. art is definitely approving it. Sleeper hit, probably going to be big in the Oscar race. So uh, we'll talk about that soon. Like I said, I've been at New York Film Fest. Uh, there's a couple movies that we'll dive deeper into on the supplemental shows. Mm -hmm. I know we want to get into Roma. Yes. Which, you saw? Uh, is, 
which I saw. I t- tweeted out a uh, little bit of a Guillermo that was del funny. Toro introduction to the movie. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was stunning. Like yeah. I, it, my, my short review of Roma is that it, it, you can't really look away from the screen. Like the, there are these just gorgeous shots and they extend so long sometimes and you just get lost in the depth mm-hmm. of the frames. It, uh, it's weird because wow. it's such a, a small, uh, story, you know, it's about this family and about this maid. maid and normally, it? normally these are much cheaper looking movies because y- you do them on a very small budget. But the amount of extras and and the setting and scenery you're, just puts this on a whole other level. You're talking about like the Second Mother, right? That movie that came out not too long ago. You know, there's also uh, the Maid, uh, but from Sebastian Silva. There, there, this is not like an unfamiliar story. There's the weird yeah. thing where a lot of these Spanish filmmakers are making sto- like love stories to their childhood maids, but this is a this is a, a different this is a different much larger perspective. Wait, Despite wait, the intimacy of the story. Are you telling me that Coron, like, is supposed to be one of the kids? I believe so. Did he, wait, wait, was he actually rich when he was a kid? Well, he describes the family as middle class, but that might be a hint right there. Mm, I mean, that's interesting. I, I didn't even think about that at all. I thought he was just telling, like, another story. But technically, if it takes place in the 70s, he would have been one of the kids aged in the 70s. He would have had there a relationship go. probably with one of his maids. That makes him more special. I thought it was good. Uh, one thing I had to bring up for you. What did you think about the sound design, seeing it in a theater? Yes, so was you that had crazy? warned me about this, that the sound design was really immersive, so I went in there basically ready for it, and I was still shocked by just how, right? how completely surrounded you Bro, are. There are voices coming in from the, back. the side and echoes and little drops of water. It, it really does make you feel like you're in the movie and that in Mexico cool. City. Uh, I, I was really, really blown away just by uh, the movie on a technical level and on an emotional level. I want to get deeper into Oh, yeah, we're going to get deeper into I saw mid-90s last night. Uh, Jonah Hill was in attendance. I think it was the New York premiere. I think some of Jonah Hill's family was there, too. They skateboarded there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And it was... I think it lived up to the hype for me. You know, you uh, liked it, I think, more maybe than I did. My favorite of Tiff. I didn't have the the response that I'm seeing some people have where they think it's sort of like the celebration of toxic masculinity or something. Like, I had the other reinterpretation of that i do and i had said this and i we have it documented i said it yep. literally right when i came out of tiff but we had talked about this as soon as i came out of the screening i said i read the screening and people are going to be talking about how this is big masculinity it's 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 uh it's promoting like something bad and, like i understood some points Anti, of it. not pc exactly you're not supposed to like what kids in the 90s were saying but to not show that that would be like they showed right. slaves in this period piece it's like well it's not saying slaves are good. The movie ain't saying that. It's a it's a bad thing. But like I, I'm, I've been telling you this, I told you the other day about that dude who was like complaining that I always agree with Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, mm-hmm. brah, this was out before the Rotten Tomatoes meter came out. So I guess <laughs> you're right. Fault. I agree with I agree with Rotten Tomatoes before they come out with the score. Yeah. Um, but this, uh, as we talked about it, and I'm glad that you agree the same way. It's not promoting what they're doing because it's not saying that they're living a life of grandeur. Exactly. I think it's very critical of them as characters, but also just an honest depiction of the the way that a lot of kids in the 90s grew up. Because those are adults now. Right, right. I mean, they're Jonah's age, I guess. Yeah. But I did really love a lot of the, um, you know, 
nostalgia, the nostalgia I got from uh, the movie, whether it was the music, whether it was Ooh. some of the fashion, Lucas Hedges looking like uh, some shady after he dyed his hair yeah. for Eight Mile. It, it was pretty great. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. We're going to talk about it more uh, on an after credits, but it did remind me a lot of Minding the Gap. Which you, you liked know, this, a lot, and I saw it because you had recommended it. Right, right. It's this, you know, coming-of-age story about a group of friends who escape their home lives through skateboarding. It, it's almost like the fictional version, They're counterparts, um, dude. Yeah, and I know you probably liked mid-90s uh, more yeah. than Minding the Gap. I'm the opposite. I loved Minding the Gap. Uh, but I think it's, you know, similar to mid-90s. Minding the Gap is another thing where they're, like, depicting some pretty That's awful stuff. stuff. Or even if it's not directly depicted, it's at the margins of the movie. And it doesn't necessarily mean an endorsement of these things. It's just trying to be an honest depiction of what these kids' li lived, uh, lives are like. Mm -hmm. I thought it was pretty good. But uh, yeah. you saw something else that I'm a little ticked off because it already <laughs> sold out at the, at the Chicago International Film Festival. Oh, no. And so you don't even... See, if I were to say, if I were to use this dumb pun over here, right... I would say that it's your favorite out of the three, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I believe it is the uh, favorite one that I saw of those three. It's Yorgos Lanthimos' new movie, mm -hmm. The Favorite. Uh, this is Rachel Weisz, Emma Stone, Olivia Colman as people in royalty or proximity to royalty in 17th century England. So it's a different setting for Yorgos, who kind of does this, you know, picking apart of social constructs mm -hmm. and the way that we interact or deal with things from romance to death to raising children. This is a bit different from the other Yorgos Lanthimos movies though, and this is the first one he's done where he didn't write the screenplay. And I think in that way, there is something that's a little bit more accessible about it. Like it's not uh, that movie, The Hours, I think, or what was it? Um, the, the one with the nuns. The Little Hours, right, where it's making fun of nuns. This isn't oh. making fun yeah. of royals and stuff, really. It's still a story about, you know, castle politics and uh -huh. stuff like that, where it's kind of giving you a somewhat real, realish depiction of their lives. It's just sort of subverting a lot of your expectations. The, the royal dance scene, instead of being very austere, they kind of go crazy and kick their legs around. And instead of being very proper, they will launch into, you know, expletive-filled tirades, and Olivia Coleman will scream at her servants. It's it's very funny and very unexpected in a lot of ways. Uh, but the thing that I actually thought coming out of the movie, not to be too spoilery, it it reminded me of Duke of Burgundy. So I'm just gonna throw that little tidbit out there for those of you who have seen Duke of Burgundy, art being among them, Ooh. and uh, let you get excited for that's the a, favorite. It's one that's of a, that's a two for right there, because uh, one that's gonna build some hype. But what do you mean, like the style? Are we talking story wise? It reminded oh, me of the Duke man. of Burgundy. So I'm really excited for more people to catch up with the favorite. I, it's not my favorite movie from Lanthimos. I do think it's probably the most accessible what you, okay. Lanthimos movie. Yeah, because like my favorite is Dogtooth. I like Dogtooth. Same with me. I, know, uh, uh, I love the lobster as way well. Way more people prefer the lobster. Uh, Killing a sacred deer don't exist. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that it's probably one of the biggest things. Oh, that dialogue is weird. They talk weird or whatever else, and it's very like... I guess unless you're in film school, no one's really going to be pulling screenings of this of his type of movies. But I'm a big fan of Dogtooth. I highly recommend Dogtooth, and I've been excited for this one mainly because of the cast. 
Yeah, yeah, and the cast really meshes well with his type of writing, his type of directing. Uh, so it's a really exciting movie. I think you'll enjoy it a lot legit, based on legit. our talks about Lanthimos. But we should get into the yay or nay, the section of the show where we talk about uh, what's new in the entertainment industry. We're going to start with Chris Evans, who rapped on, Cap on Avengers 4 and took to Twitter to say that it's been an honor to play Steve Rogers over the last eight years. Rest in peace, Kip. He thanked his peers as well as fans, but the tweet basically all but confirmed something that's been a very poorly kept secret, that Chris Evans be. is exiting the Marvel Cinematic Universe following the next Avengers movie. Many people are speculating what this means for the fate of Captain America, but Art, I actually want to ask you something a little bit different. Okay. Are you disappointed to know this information going into Avengers 4? No, I don't think you can hide it. Right, I mean, you know, it's such a huge global brand that I think the only people who wouldn't know about this are people who aren't yeah, even paying attention. Yeah, I saw no one even being mad. Everyone just said... It's about that time. Took out their caps and just said, thank you for your service. Like, it's a weird thing where it's just like, no, we know. We know what you got to do. You've been vocal about right. it. We've seen, some people have seen your directorial stuff because we know you want to branch out, Chris. Uh, you know, thank you. Thank you for doing what you did. You know, people who know about the comics, people who know about the contractual obligations. This is like supposedly where it's going to end. There's still the people out there who are going, what if this is all a part of it? This is just a trick. He's not going anywhere. This is Which just something they got to put out there. It's still a possibility. You know, the Russo brothers said, look closely. Maybe maybe his contract was there for another three movies or something. I don't know. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean... I think it's an inevitability of the world we live in in which, you know, all these film news sites basically have to report on the superhero movies to generate the clicks. And it just, you know, this stuff just gets retweeted into timelines. You, you can't avoid the news. Uh, it is interesting that they managed to do this without necessarily revealing his fate. That's you cool. Because it could be anything. Exactly. We, we just know there's not going to be another installment with him, but we don't know how he'll exit. We yeah. just know that he'll exit. He uh, I think weirdly, you know, just our history with superhero movies and people like Tobey Maguire outgrowing S Spider-Man has prepared us for this, that we got, That's what weird. is it, you know, like eight, ten movies with Steve, Captain America in, in him as Chris Evans. You know, we are lucky, I guess, that to have that kind of continuity. You it's to see not... Expected from most of our actors today. That so. was good. Uh, good luck yeah. with him. Him and Rick Grimes will go out to Cuba <laughs> and just chill. But yeah, should be interesting. As long as he gets that dance from Peggy. I'm telling you. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how Captain America exits the Marvel Cinematic Universe sometime next year, I'm sure. After, but after a lengthy casting search in our next story, Steven Spielberg has picked his Tony for the remake of West Side Story. And it is Baby Driver star Ansel Elgort. The Mr. actor Rose. will be required to sing, act, and dance his way through one of the most famous roles in a musical. Art, yay or nay, do you have faith in Ansel Elgort's triple threat ability? Sure. He ain't singing, Baby Driver, but I'm going to tell you something that's going on right here. I tend to confuse Ansel. And you know who else? Can you guess? I want to see if I'm... Ehrenreich? Nah, no, that man ain't even in the list for me. Uh, Taron, Taron Edgerton. Oh, yeah, name, right? yeah. Okay? And I know it's a little bit weird, and, and some people don't see it. They're like, how? And I'm just like, I don't know. There's something about, there's something about like, when What's-His-Face did Eddie the Eagle, you know? I know he's got, um, what's that other one? Kingsman behind his back. But now he's over here. He's doing that. He's doing singing, dancing, acting over here with the... Um, 
Elton John. The Elton John movie, which I saw a snippet of it when I Rocket saw Star Born. Woo! Yeah, 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 this trailer. Boy, you in for a party over here. This looks mm-hmm. like some big fish meets a musical. I was like, bro, we're going to get hit. Early Star is next born? year Oscar contender. Right. Just oh, is that, that next there. year? Yeah, it's 2019. I was about to say, I'm like, <laughs> I, just, about to I get... just saw the happiness leave your face. <laughs> Dude, no, because I, I thought we were going to get hit with the Star is Born, the uh, Rami Malik one, the Queen one, and then that Bohemian one. I was Rhapsody. like, okay. Uh, and then the Mary Poppins one that's coming out. Like, mm-hmm. do you know how much music stuff we're getting? How are you going to put Lin-Manuel Miranda against, like, A Star is Born, the fifth remake of that with uh, Bohemian Queen music? I don't know. but Dude, n- next year we're getting the live-action Lion King as well as the Which In Ants? the Heights I'm movie musical. It, good time to be a fan of music. It's a, it's a good time to have a podcast. Uh <laughs> I see these two, right? And after them, they were both in Billionaire's Boys Club. Seeing right. them both, they're same age or in the same vicinity type of thing. Now they're both doing another similar type of movie. One's doing singing, acting, dancing. Other one's doing singing, acting, dancing. I'm, I'm right. say, Not that I'm calling it a rivalry, but I'm telling you it's going to be something there. So in five years when we come back to this, we're going to be like, man, who would have thought these two would be going at it? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it is cool that they're on this similar trajectory. Yeah, that's uh, what I mean. I, I mean, I I'm think that you just have to take Spielberg's endorsement for granted. They apparently had a super lengthy casting search. I can't imagine that they, with the access Steven Spielberg has to talented actors in, in and around Hollywood, I'm sure Broadway stars audition too, that he would make the wrong choice here. But, I, and I like Ansel in most of the stuff that I've seen him in. Are you familiar with DJ on Solo? Oh yes, I know DJ on Solo, yeah, of course I do. <laughs> So uh, I think from that, there's a little evidence that he can. That's right. No, yeah, yeah. And he was on the Logic album. He ain't got a bad voice. He ain't got a bad voice. Yeah. I don't even know how I was questioning it. I'm like, Terrence already proven it. You know, he did it in Sing, and he's already got this upcoming one as well. But right. Yeah. Uh, your boy was in the Logic album. He uh, he was in that Logic album, and he's got his own DJing stuff that he does. I'm curious because I always forget the stuff. In the original West Side Story, wasn't there that whole complaint that the um, the lead actress is supposed to be Puerto Rican and they just like bronzed uh, what's her name to, to be it and there was like this whole backlash against that year yeah, later I, I do one because it is is he supposed to be white or Puerto Rican supposed to be, I, I think he's supposed to be Latin of some kind I don't okay. remember I, I don't remember to be honest yeah. I know they did a more recent version on Broadway that was basically an all Latin cast so yeah. I have to imagine this being you know I'm a, cause I'm 2018 tell you, 2019 they, I'm they'll, tell you, they'll Steven, be a little aware of Steven the culture is not going to be concerned that you're Steven Spielberg doing something, all right? Eminem came back. They throw darts at him. They'll throw darts at you real quick, regardless of what you do. You just did Ready Player One. But yeah. you got a lot of backlash on the uh, female characters for that. Oh, I'm so ugly. Girl! <laughs> Remember that scene? Oh, I'm yeah. so ugly. I have a, <laughs> I have a little My red My skin's over a little weird. Yeah, I have a little blush. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think the bigger one is going to be who they cast for the female lead. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying. We will check up on that when there's new new news coming. As Netflix continues to push their platform into new territory, the streaming giant is developing several choose-your-own-adventure-style programs that would theoretically That's allow that. viewers to pick the endings they want for certain shows. The plan could even debut with an upcoming episode of Black Mirror, as Bloomberg reports that one of the upcoming fifth season's episodes will allow viewers to interact with the story. Art, yay or nay, a choose-your-own-dystopian-ending episode makes you more intrigued for the new Black Mirror. 100%. My only concern with this is that I hope it doesn't 
become a gimmick where it diminishes the episode. Let's just talk recently about, let's talk about it. The Unfriended 2, both endings are idiotic because uh, everything beforehand does not equal up to have two different, vastly different endings. So is it demons or is it hackers? Everything beforehand, you had it that the hackers were acting like demons and the demons were acting like hackers. It doesn't work leading up to it. So it has to be something that organically works, I guess, into the story. But Black Mirror is one who I know they will go above and beyond to make it go well. All, all, that, all that's up for it is that, I mean, we got Netflix on our phones, tablets, computers, TV. It's a simple just button. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I'm thinking to YouTube cards. Right? right, how easy right. of a plugin is that? Just have two cards come up, and on a on a touchscreen phone, you get to click, choose this door, that door. Um, your mm-hmm. remote, choose that door, that door. I think it could be very interesting, and it's going to give people a reason to go back and watch episodes. Um, as someone who grew up reading those books, y'all know the three finger rule. <laughs> y'all know the, y'all know the. Oh, go here or there. I right, let me keep this. Oh, I died. Psych. <laughs> you know so i don't know how that's gonna work is there gonna be multiple endings in one which means you're gonna have to like rewind to go choose right right and i think that ultimately means like this is going to be down to whether or not they get intelligent creators behind this Mm -hmm. stuff right for me yeah for, for me, I feel like Black Mirror is a natural fit for something like this. It's already about the user's relationship with technology. I, I think there's probably some intelligent meta way to go about this that I'm not necessarily smart enough to uh, come up with. But I trust the Black Mirror people. They, they've done so many great things so far. I, I just hope this isn't necessarily something like Netflix is forcing on creators. You know, I don't want like yeah. to sh- see this pop up on the next season of American, BoJack Horseman or, or American something. Vandal. Who do exactly. you think did it? And then you get to think, you know, they do, they did, they've had this for a bit. I remember they did it for, um, uh, what was that one show that I like with the kids that was kind of like Freaks and Geeks? Do you remember that one? The, Atypical? No, no, no. Uh, everything Sucks? Everything Sucks. They had it for that one at the end. You got to pick whether you wanted it renewed or not, and Netflix decided no. So, yeah. you know, they've been doing a choose your own adventure, even if it ends the demise, but. I just want to pick a nit about all the reporting about this, though. Um, So everybody says it's pick the ending you want, right? That's not true. Like, it's still the endings that the creators are putting into the thing. Yeah, Yeah, like, it's not like, oh, I want them to be happily ever after, and they suddenly have a happily ever after ending. These are cam girls, you don't get to pick like that. (laughs) Right. Like, this this is interactive storytelling, and as long as it's, like, done with the deliberate decision to be interactive storytelling much the way that many of our video games have gone it's a good idea hire the telltale people they free right, right. now right they're yeah, free they're not busy go get them <laughs> netflix make it happen yeah this is this is your job netflix <laughs> all right uh the Footage of Joaquin Phoenix in his Joker attire appeared online, and afterward, Todd Phillips responded by releasing official test footage of his own to YouTube. Mm -hmm. The shot of a scraggly-haired Joaquin Phoenix slowly revealing a smiling face with flashes of the Joker's makeup has already been viewed a couple million times on YouTube. Then that's just art alone. Art, yay or nay, this short clip has you excited for the next Todd Phillips Joker movie. You know when we do that, like, pretentious sports talk? I'm not a fan of a team. I'm a fan of a player. That type of right. talk, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a fan of Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, recently, I didn't have to. It's already solidified for me, but I recently saw uh, the Sisters Brothers. Uh, the Brothers Sisters? Sisters Brothers, right? Sisters Brothers. Okay, a little long. A little long. 
I'm a bigger fan of the second half than I am of the first half, but... Bro, how, how? It doesn't matter what he's in. He's good in what he's in. I fell asleep in that Jesus or Mary Magdalene movie that he just came out with, Rooney Mara. Mm-hmm. A boring movie, but, I mean, he's good. Yeah, when you were awake, he was captivating, When I was I'm awake, sure. I was like, I follow his Jesus. Like, I, I mean, he's a good actor. He's always been a good actor, right? Very People good People always talk about the what if Rivers was still around. Would it still be the same? I was like, that ain't, that ain't a good discussion right there. I think that, considering that we live in the internet age, Mm-hmm. Remember when everyone loved Heath Ledger? Yeah. Now people hate Heath Ledger. Oh, he was yeah. he was actually never good to begin with. It's very overrated. I was like, okay, right. I mean, we're just able to be more vocal now. I think that there's never going to be a performance, a movie, or anything. We haven't really seen it recently that will get universally adored or even just 90% because there will always be some sort of backlash or Russian yeah. trolls, as we find out contrarian. six months later. Yeah. <laughs> Who turns out we're just creating articles or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Even if his performance is fantastic, it will always be compared to everyone before theirs. I will always say my favorite Joker is your boy Mark Hamill in mm-hmm. the animated series. Right, I, right. I have hopes for this one. I think it's going to be good. I think Todd Phillips is such an interesting choice to bring in for this movie. Yeah. Hangover dude. And I'm excited about the test footage. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, Todd Phillips isn't necessarily a name that excites me, but that Joaquin Phoenix is involved and, and that he doesn't seem to just take anything. Like, he's not like a Nicolas Cage paycheck kind of guy. He nope. really does seem to dive deep into the, his roles. It makes me makes me more interested. The test footage alone doesn't necessarily do much for me. Like, cool I like cool the, I like the design, though. Yeah, sure, It's sure, so fine. simple. But remember, people said the same thing. It's like, look at that. He looks like an ugly clown. He looks like a drag clown when they said that to Heath Ledger. And then it comes out and everyone's doing the, why so... Serious. Who's imitating Jared Leto other than like meth heads? No one. Uh, I think I think people. The most imitated thing about Jared Leto is people making fun of the damaged tattoo. Exactly. Like no right. one. No one's copying Jared Leto's Joker, other than Nasty Boy. Other than that, ain't nobody else doing. Everyone still copy Heath Ledger the original. But I think this one's gonna be one where just the iconography. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still don't even know what he's gonna sound like. I think right. this one's going to be one where where it'll make a bigger impact. Definitely. Okay, we're going to move to the rough cuts and do a couple quick hit news stories before we get to our topic of the week. First up, Star Wars The Last Jedi director Ryan Johnson has lined up his next original project. It's called Knives Out, and it's a murder mystery starring Daniel Craig uh, oh, as thought, well yeah. as a post-Captain America Chris Evans. Let's go. Art. Yay or nay, you're more excited about this project than you are Ryan Johnson's next collaboration to the Star Wars universe. I'm going to be true with you. No. I actually heard about this. I thought it was coming. I heard about this when I was at TIFF. I thought it was coming yeah. out at TIFF. Turns out it wasn't even created yet. <laughs> no, uh, that was and, just and a sale. It, right. And it sounds exciting to me, but I'm a person who, I'm going to be straight with you. I don't care for the Fly episode. I don't care for Brick. That's oh, just me. Oh, really? So, really? But I am, ex- mm. I, you know, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not excited for it. We're learning new things about each other every day. Every day. Uh, I do like Brian, Ryan Johnson's directing Ozymandias, The Fly, uh, Brick, Looper. Looper, ahead of all of them. No, actually Breaking Bad ahead of all of them. But I think his original stuff is really interesting. It has its own okay. cool style. And you, I'm not a big enough fan of the Star Wars universe for, for it to necessarily be like in my most anticipated. Like I'm a big fan I, of the discussion from Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, I'm, but I'm into the original material that I see, and Ryan Johnson Fair. being, I would say, one of the more exciting original filmmakers when he does that. Uh, I'm curious about this one. A little bit. 
Uh, Netflix is planning a wider release for 22 July, the upcoming Paul Greengrass yep. movie, a wider theatrical release than they've normally done for their films. And there are currently rumors that Roma, their upcoming collaboration with Alfonso Cuaron, may not even premiere day and date on Netflix, which That's would good. be a big change from their normal uh, habit of releasing That's things to the streaming platform and in theaters the same day. Yay or nay, Netflix is smart to start catering to these bigger filmmakers. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Next. I mean, <laughs> Netflix allow Netflix has the money to fund these really big productions. You know, we just saw we both just saw Roma. We clearly see that they can help usher something beautiful across the finish line. Uh if the only way they can do that is by letting it get a theatrical run before it pops up on mm-hmm. Netflix, I don't see any problem quick with that. Rebuttal it's going to live for, on Netflix forever. Exactly. Quick rebuttal. Exactly. Quick rebuttal for the people who are like, really? We have to wait what I have the Netflix? Bruh, first of all, 100%. We'll talk about this more on the Roma one and how people are going to react to a movie like Roma on Netflix, general audiences. But mm-hmm. let it breathe in theaters for a bit for those who want to see it to allow it to grow, for it to build that stamina of it being right, a theater right. movie. Because it's not going to DVD. It's going straight to your home. So if you got to wait two, three, even a month. Bro, we used to have to wait six months for it to maybe come out on Redbox. You know what I mean? Right. It, it's going to go yeah. straight to your home. And like you said, it's going to be there forever at your convenience. Mm-hmm. So I am completely okay. Give it two months in theaters. I'm completely fine with that. 20th Century Fox has attached Ryan Reynolds to star in a movie, Free Guy, from Real Steel director Sean Levy. Ugh. It's a Truman Truman Show-esque story about a video game character in the background who realizes he's in a Grand Theft Auto-style video game. That's actually kind of funny. (laughs) Art, yay or nay, you're hopeful for this Ryan Reynolds project. I'm hopeful for it because there's been so many projects that have done this. The Sundance movie that came out a years back, I didn't really see it. It was about a superhero movie and all the destruction that happens from the point of view of Garbage Men. I think it was. (laughs) Michael Cera was in it. Uh, It never really went anywhere. But Mm. Deadpool... You know, being that meta side of it, I think right, right. he himself can bring something to this and it could be funny. Yeah, I mean, the I wasn't really excited by any of the things that I heard until I read that Truman Show-esque comparison. Which is the best Jim Carrey movie, so I'm just getting out there. If they're really gonna do that Truman Show-esque kind of thing, like, I am I am here for this movie. I like Ryan Reynolds in, in a lot of the roles he has. I, I don't think I like Sean Levy's work much, but premise sounds promising. Mm-hmm. And in further Ryan Reynolds news, 20th Century Fox will also be unveiling a PG-13 cut of Deadpool 2 featuring Fred Savage reprising his role from Princess Bride while Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool reads to him, Art, yay or nay, will this finally make Grace Randolph happy? (laughs) Nothing will make my ex-wife happy, you all should know that. (laughs) That's interesting, so the PG cut of it, PG-13 cut of it, they're doing extra work for it? They released a still, which is I saw, it looks I like saw that, that setup. Yeah. yeah, it looks like the setup in the Princess Bride, where Fred Savage is in bed and He's not there's Deadpool there reading him a story. It, so you know, I'm assuming they'll. I'm assuming they didn't do like a whole lot extra. Maybe they filmed like if one they did, long that's scene. crazy. No, if they did, that's dope. If they like cut away from any of the violent stuff for him to be like, oh, can't say that. That's right. that's some next level stuff. Right? That's dedication, yeah. dude. I mean, yeah, it's, it seems like the type of movie where you can get away with that sort of meta second cut. 
and it might even be worth watching. You know, like there's all they used to do all these like unrated and extended versions on DVD, and those were never really that much more interesting. But this actually feels like there's like a whole other movie there. That's cool. So I'm curious yeah. to see what people are gonna uh, say in response to this. Cut. That's dope. I like that. So those are our news segments in yay or nay. Let us know what you think about any of those stories in the comments down below. We're gonna move on to our topic of the week. And this week's topic is Netflix, because Netflix has put out a bunch of new shows. Uh, two of our favorites, BoJack Horseman and American Vandal. We wanted to get deeper into those. Completely uh, straight, like at all, airing, like not just on Netflix, period. Yeah, we, we love both of those shows. Uh, we named American Vandal our number one show. We each named American Vandal our number one show of last year. Mm -hmm. I believe we both named BoJack Horseman our number one show of the year before that. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're both high on both those shows. We're going to dive into some spoilers on them. But before we do, let's get into a little of a non-spoilery discussion of Maniac. Maniac is the new limited series that popped up on Netflix. This is all eight episodes directed by Kerry Joji Fukunaga of Beasts of the Southern Boy. Beast of No Nation and True Detective fame. Uh, this is a adaptation of a European show. I forget from what country, but it seems like very loosely adapted. It seems like they rewrote a lot. Emma Stone and Jonah Hill star as patients in a psychiatric drug trial, uh, but that doesn't even begin to explain what the show's about. I don't know if I could explain what the show's about in a couple sentences. Art, I know you're four episodes in. I've yep. finished the series. How are you enjoying Maniac thus far? I love the way it looks. I love the subtlety in the colors, the production design, the acting. I barely got into episode four where it starts. You know what I mean? That's where it starts. Like episode one is Jonah's. Episode two is Emma's. Episode three is... And both is of those are like the setup for the whole premise. And they're the same episode. They take place like at the same time yeah, in like, a sense. They're yeah. like the opposite sides of the same story. Yeah, there's a little, already a little Easter eggs when you go back. The book that she picks up or like she, she gets a Rubik's Cube, tosses it. That's what he picks up and he's using. Third is when they actually get into the side of it. But fourth, I was like, are we watching the same thing? And then I saw glimpses of five, six, seven. I said, where the heck are they going? So I don't know where yeah. it's going to proceed to to yet because, like I said, I, I had to binge a little bit while I was on the road. Now that I'm back, I have so much stuff to watch. And this is a uh, top three of the things I'm going to get into. So I yeah, like I it. I mean, it, it's a really unique show. I can say that without reservation. It's one of the most interesting, unique shows that I've seen. Uh, it's definitely puzzling, and I think there's a barrier to entry in a way. Uh, it doesn't necessarily... So? I would say so. I don't know if it grabs you the way that like a Breaking Bad grips you in its opening frames or or that a comedy will like ease you into it. I think you kind of have to make a, make a decision that like I don't know what's going to be going on for the first two, three hours of oh, watching okay, the show. Okay. I thought you meant and like I'm just gonna. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for some people, it's hard to n watch something where. No, I agree with you. What is the plot? And the plot is so loose and freeform, and you get to episode right. four, and it feels like everything changes. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, not to spoil much, but you know, Jonah Hill and Emma Stone don't look the same or act the same in every episode of the series. There's a lot that of that like, was the crazy part. Transferring yeah. locations and characters, and it, it's all because it's like a diving into their subconscious and into their mind. Very and into eternal their dreams. sunshine. 
very Eternal Sunshine. Uh, I, I would even say that there's like shades of Inception here, although it's not necessarily a thriller in that way. So maybe somewhere between Eternal Sunshine and Inception. Uh, and it's visually one of the most interesting looking TV shows that I, I've seen all year, at least. No, I, I feel the same way. I, I feel like the best part of it, like you were saying, it's 10 episodes long. Eight, yes. Something like that. Ten. For us, you know, I, and I always talk about this with TV, is that my biggest thing when it comes to it is how much of it is going to be filler. How much of it do I trust the person who's making it? That's why I gravitate to something like Barry, where I'm like, all right, I, I, I know the filmmakers behind this, right? I can trust and invest my time in it if I get a recommendation from him or somebody else who, who I know has like seen it. Sometimes you get into some of these shows and you have no idea how long it's going to drag. This one, I have full faith. True Detective Season 1, Beast of No Nation, that man's just, you know, Carrie knows what he's doing, so I have no problem trusting him. I feel the part that has gotten the general audience who doesn't know Man Bun director over here would have been... Emma Stone, Jonah Hill, who have gained their trust because I've seen a lot of people binge the entire thing and not know what's going on. And I'm talking like right. general audiences, not to yeah, like pick yeah. out anyone, but I get them. Yo, I ain't a, <laughs> I ain't a person who, who dissects this stuff, but I need you to make something on this because I watched the whole thing and I'm going to watch it again. I don't know why I liked it, but something is grasping the general audience. And this was a discussion that I wanted to have about Roma. Mm-hmm. I feel that Roma shouldn't go on Netflix because it's going to get bashed by the general audience who are just like, are you serious? What is this? Right, right. Replay yeah, bright. <laughs> exactly. So and that's the thing is, and, and I guess that comes down to maybe Netflix's algorithm figuring out who would even be interested in some of the stuff in the first place. I guess place. so, but, but I, Maniac has bridged a gap between. That's like, the thing. I mean, like it's got those two very famous faces in it. Uh, I think there's that added baggage of like it's the reunion of Superbad with Emma Stone and Jonah bit. Hill, uh, but the, and they're in such different places in their careers now. I, I think that's grabbing a lot of people. Also, people who. Kerry Fukunaga, like, despite the fact that he hasn't done a lot, he's becoming a name fairly quickly. True Detective put him on a lot of people's radars. Oh, yeah. So I think people are really hyped on, hyped to see the show, and there's just, like, an assumption that if they have all this talent involved, there's got to be something special on. And I do think if you watch a little bit of it, you can tell there is something special there, but I don't know if it's easy to put your finger onto it until maybe even like episode six or seven, if I'm being honest with my experience of the show. I, I was I was a little bit hesitant. I had to push myself through a couple of those middle episodes, but I'm really glad with the way that uh, it tied together, the way, the place that this ended up. I, I really, really enjoyed the last two episodes in particular. So I'm curious to find out what you're going to yeah. think of them ultimately. Uh, let us know in the comments below if you've been watching Maniac. you have any other thoughts on Maniac or should we uh, go to American no, 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 no. So I'm just excited to finish it. And I tr- like I said, I trust them. So uh, with it being a limited series also, I see it as right. a big movie, not a uh, should this be the song. I just see it like, okay, he knows what he's doing. He knows 10 episodes. That's it. So Yeah, absolutely. All right. Who is the turd burglar? It's a much more complicated question than it first appears. American Vandal is back for its second season on Netflix. It dives into some more meta territory. Uh, I think it's you know, continually surprising. Do you want to do your quick thoughts on it before we get into some spoilers? All right, so I've been getting a bunch of people asking me about this American Vandal stuff, American Vandal stuff, American Vandal stuff. I prefer season one over season two for the main reason of just the whole entire story arc with your boy who's getting accused of drawing the dicks in the first season. I think the novelty of it is definitely a big part of it. 
and I will always it took us by surprise complete. completely. And, and that's not, you know, not to knock season two. It just no, it doesn't not. have that to its advantage. What do we always say about Bojack? Ah, did you just give us just a great season? That's what happens <laughs> when you deliver masterpieces. Right, you go, right. Ah, it's just a great season. <laughs> you know what Nothing I mean? special. It's, it's just it's amazing. Weird. It's weird. I don't know what to do with that. It's, it's, this, it's yeah. the Spielberg talk we talked about, right? It's the Scorsese yeah. talked. This is it? Why haven't you innovated technology? You know, like we're yeah. we expect so much from it. Um, my mind is not adequately blown. I, exactly, season two is still good. I think it was the factor. I'd say it's um, great. Yes, it's great, but it's not a masterpiece like season one was, which is not a bad yes. thing. But the thing with season two is, I love how they just took it and ran with it. Hey, mm-hmm. so our uh, American Vandal season one is on Netflix. If y'all want to check it out, that whole aspect of the fact that. They got picked up. They're these high school students who did American right. Vandal covering. Uh, and that's why the graphics look so good. And, the, and the graphics Netflix got money, better. Got and I, I love the articles. Some people said that we sold out our integrity for being on Netflix. I was like, they're in they, it. They know it. Which, as they were saying that, it made me think of a theory. And it's not fully fleshed out yet, but I've got a bunch of people going, bro, what's that theory? What's that theory? What's that theory? And I'm going to make an LME on it, you know, as, as I break down like season one and season two for it. As well as that theory there. But for those who are watching here, for the inner... What do we call them? Intercutters, intercuties? Depending on how happy you I are. I like the intercuties. Intercutters depresses me a little bit. Intercutters sounds kind of dope, though. You know what I mean? We're going to cut through barriers <laughs> to make sure that we listen to you. <laughs> we I don't we know. need you to comment down below. Let us know. Look, when I was hearing that in the beginning, I thought, like, right away, they're going to play some, like, super meta... And I don't even want to say meta because it's getting, like, so overplayed. I thought the girl baited them to come to the school. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? My girlfriend was thinking that the whole time, too. So the moment that I started thinking that and building off of that, the ending was great. The whole, like, hacking technology and all that. So, yeah, we know we got Assassination Nation is out. Got a bunch of other leak uh, stuff dealing with leaks, and that's good. It's a great addition to that. But I'm feeling like season three or four is going to have to do something like this, where they themselves are going to get played on this idea of serial podcasts. Because Mm -hmm. in my entire road trip, I listened to serial. I listen to Atlanta Monster. I listen to the Vanish one. And I started just realizing why American Vandal was made in the first place. They're all the same thing. There's yeah. nothing that draws any of these people to make this podcast other than how can I make this a story and omit things and drag it out. And Have you guys checked out Jack Threads? Jack Threads is a fantastic service that you can use <laughs> back to the Atlanta Monster and how we find these right. innocent kids. And you realize every single one goes back to the same thing. Atlanta Monster, racial tensions. Adnan, racial tensions. That thing in Minnesota. You get what I mean? And they're all a yeah. formula. And I realize that every They're all person- part of a bigger story. Exactly, but they're all the same thing, and they're all yeah. not a story either. I've yet yeah. to see any of these podcasts where it turns out that the guy who they're defending, but they're not really defending, they come out right at the start, is actually innocent in any way, shape, or form. If there's anything mm-hmm. out against that person, you're just retelling us the Wikipedia of this person, but now it's called Serial, and now it's called Atlanta Monster. But your research itself didn't bring anything new to light for the most part. And... It's almost like they're making something out of nothing, and I'm waiting for that American Vandal season. That's my theory, where they're getting right. played the entire time, and that's where I thought it was going. And I feel like, you're right, season two shouldn't have been that. They got to build up season one, season two. Have you seen Big Mouth? Uh, yeah, I've seen a little Did you bit see of Big it? Mouth. Did you? No, I've for season two. Not all of, uh, In the bathroom stalls of Big Mouth, it says, who is the turd burglar? 
Does it really? Who did the lemonade? That's so funny. So you build it I mean, up. There, you know what's kind of funny? I was actually re-watching season one of Big Mouth a little bit, and they talk about the turd burglar. For real? Yeah, there's a mention of it. I don't know. I don't know if that's intentional or not, or, or just a coincidence. No, but. like Big Mouth and American Vandal, those are like Netflix. Like I feel those were shot like next to each other. You know what I mean? Those are like yeah, shows yeah. that are they, they go to the studio. They like live in. Netflix. Yeah, like like Jeremy Sonio when he's shooting Hold the Dark. Nah, he's like in Alaska. These are right. other ones. Just they just want the money from Netflix. But these guys go to the <laughs> Netflix studio. But what Absolutely. I'm getting at is that I think the more that American Vandal builds up, that's what they're gonna build up too. That whole deconstruction, not of murder mysteries, of just a podcast genre. In general, right, the, right. I guess the murder mystery investigation genre of just like how it can actually be abused, how you're only seeing what we want you to see. Yeah, I mean, the, that's what it's I think. Already shown some meta elements, and and those are some of its most clever bits. I, I think you're right that it could get even more meta in the future, and that would be a welcome way to to kind of innovate uh, American yeah, Vandal. Yeah, someone's going to use them. Someone's going to use yeah. them for something. That's what season one was. I don't want to say who it is, even though we all know who it was. It was Kara for season one. Uh, because I realized that I was just hurting people along the way, and I can't do that. Oh, y'all got season two? All right, you know what I mean? They went for it. They followed the money, which I think is going to be a de- deconstruction of it as well. So I'm excited for it. It's good. Yeah, so but so in terms of season two, uh, let's talk a little bit about spoilers then. Are you cool with that? Very cool with it. I, you can go down into the timeline below and click ahead if you want to see us talk non-spoilers on BoJack or skip straight to the new to see. That's always there, always available to you in the description. So we'll build of up a bit. Right? You've, you've had the spoiler warning for a good fifteen seconds yeah. now. We'll still talk. I've been stalling pretty effectively. And I, we're still going to stall. We're going to do this. Yo, I get this on. Let me explains all the time. How did you spoil this? I'm like, so let me get this straight. You heard me break down Venom, right? As I talked <laughs> about the intro, the second act. All these details. Huh, he seems to be covering Venom chronologically. How could I have seen him talk about the... You know what I mean? So, as yeah, we're talking right. about him more and more here, you know, uh, we're just because a lot of you have asked for us for a very spoiler discussion, so this is it. Absolutely. Set it yeah. up. So, uh, the the brownout is the event that sort of launches this whole thing Everyone in place. Poops. The It's what's all the poops all over the school, and we find out there's a couple other turd burglar crimes. Uh, as the series goes along, we find that the investigation kind of goes to several people. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about the way that American Vandal's plot unfolded in season two versus the way that it was a little maybe more centrally focused in season one? I think that's what was, that was what like was different about it, which is yeah. why I think a rewatch is going to help it out a lot more, is that they're focusing on this person, this person, this person. It very much seems like right away, the first guy who they're interviewing, he's it. It's it. Yeah. It's got every reason, everything points them to do it. And the big difference over here is that you realize, well, actually it was him, but it was also a bunch of other people because there's someone orchestrating this entire thing from the background. And I wish that there was more to it. I feel that the main guy who was behind it all mm-hmm. was too clever to have been caught too quick. I yeah. also don't think that he left, quote unquote, a big enough stain behind that he thought he was leaving with his leaks. Right, right. He felt yeah, very vengeful, but didn't come out as vengeful. I, I do kind of wish maybe he had played a slightly bigger role, uh, the ultimate villain. Yeah. That that he wasn't like such a left turn. Yeah. I, I did kind of see them going there, and I, I thought it was clever the way that they ended up discovering stuff. But uh, the way that they were able to touch on a lot of different people... I think it was actually pretty interesting, although, you know, you don't get anything that's as in-depth as the way they kind of break down 
our our reactions to the Dylan character, mm -hmm. uh, you do get this re the feel of the whole school, in, it, which is kind of cool. That was cool. Uh, you, you know, you do get the sense of like this is a class of people, and pe the way that you know people start referring to each other by name, and you you know because you've had experience You feel like you know those kids from school, especially when yeah, you see yeah. the basketball player's perspective and how he doesn't fully fit in, but he pretends to fit in. And then these mm -hmm. other kids who pretend to fit in because they just yeah. want to do the Fruit Ninja thing and the different exactly. aspects. That was cool. And, that's, that's, and talking about that, that's another thing that's still great about American Vandal is the way that it's a very silly show on its surface, but it actually is thinking some, like, in depth about some of these things. I mean, there's like a genuine discussion about like racial tension and yeah. diversity issues underneath this whole like yeah, he says, I, I know they don't mean it but I gotta fit in and then they, they talk about it does he code switch when he goes to school right right and that's a little super bit interesting but even that's bigger than that they go oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah no that's what serial talks about you know all the podcasts that you'll find on your podcatcher that's what they yeah. talk about Ooh, racial that's a th that's what I was talking about with the podcast they all come down to the same conclusion did you know that there's still racial tension <laughs> y'all really I gotta sit through I know that there's still that they go no 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 but what about the friendship that happens between those racial tensions? That was some crazy stuff. The 911 call thing when you realize who actually made it. That's yeah. why I watch American Vandal. For Absolutely, those little yeah. intricacies like that where it turns out that these two, they may have been friends, but are they really friends? Is one really yeah. the one responsible for the other? Is he responsible or is he just using his friend to make it somewhere mm -hmm. because he knows he can never do it on his own? So and technically, maybe it's a little bit of both too. A little bit of both. Is there racial yeah. stuff that's happening to get this kid somewhere, or is it his friend who's just using this kid's popularity and how that meshes in together? Um, I agree with you when it comes to that main that main dude about the fact that he should have had a little bit more with him. Uh, obviously, they kept it a little hush hush just for the fact of you would have known who it was a bit more maybe if they showed him. Right. But that factor that. He wanted revenge. And the way he executed it was cool. I just felt like the people he went after, I mean, they say it was at random, right? He sent out a bunch of stuff. And as he sent out a bunch of, like, the requests, it was whoever decided to respond back, and then that's who he used. He got, you know, he baited some people. He got some big ones, right? He was able to get, like, a basketball player, super rich, popular girl, some nerdy kids. But I feel like he, sh he could have gotten more from it. And it almost yeah. felt like he came out of nowhere, and he was a sideline character who came, oh, by the way, I did this. He was already expelled, I guess, you know what I mean? He was yeah, already yeah. expelled, so I felt like there was no repercussion that happened. Yeah, and maybe there was a way to maybe make it a little more personal to him, I, I don't know. Uh, it definitely wasn't like as satisfying as the first season, but I do think there's a lot of really interesting stuff there. Uh, American Vandal is really great with the little details that they'll mm -hmm. throw in, too. You know, they're so, gr they're such great uh, character representations and, and, and such specific stereotypes they're showing, you know, ki these kids that you grow up with but you never really see depicted. So uh, that's one of the things that I think is best about this show. I, I do love one small thing. Uh, did you notice that Ming gets an additional photography credit? So like I said, this show has its opening credits actually be the students who are working on the documentary. It is not the actual showrunners. Right. When I saw Ming has an additional photo credit and it talk, it mentioned them as producers and the teacher as executive producer, in every single episode, that was hysterical. That was hilarious. He also shows up very briefly in episode seven, holding a camera and just kind of getting into the background of a shot. It's such a small thing, 
but I laughed so hard when I saw Ming holding a camera. I think it's episode seven. I gotta rewatch the show. I have it. That's yeah. like, I mean, it's earned it. It's earned its rewatch. I'm recommend always earned its rewatch. But yeah, it's still a little Definitely. thing. Still great. I, and I'm sure it might grow even more. I'm sure that I'm still holding the, not the expectations, but just the impact of season one against it. But right, right. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Should we get into BoJack? Let's get into BoJack. All right, so BoJack Horseman returned for its fifth season. The free trial episode is... wasn't as good as I think you thought it was. I loved it, man. I thought it was so good. He should have known that wasn't the funeral home. <laughs> Why, because it was full of geckos or whatever? Yes. It was the wrong, wrong hall. Do you, you don't think they're trying too hard with some jokes now? What is this? Names obscure movie for a very long line because he does this, 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 this. Ah, okay, that's cute. That's so, like, hipster meta. Are y'all going to do that five times every episode? It, it, I think it was kind of like the running bit for Mr. Peanut Butter this season. Every season right. he kind of has some weird running bit, uh, whether it's the doggy doggy what now yeah, or something. Uh, 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 Mr. Peanut Butter and Bojack. Started feeling like the writer started writing for both. Could it yeah, be? Maybe a bit. Hey, could it be an influence between the two characters? Yes, yes, yes. Could these jokes have been made the entire time and now I'm getting tired of them? Yes. But they work less for me. Really, really. So how much less I'm going to ask? Because uh, we have talked in the past about how every season of BoJack is a beautiful snowflake and should be appreciated as such. They're different. Yeah, this is the middle. some of them are a little bit better than others, but they're all beautiful. This is the middle child. (laughs) This is the middle child for you? I don't know what to tell you. Remember that kid in Cheaper by the Dozen who gets no love? That's, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That may be this one for me. Yeah, uh, so I will say that there's maybe a couple episodes that fell flatter for me than usual. Uh, the one where the therapist is talking to the girlfriend and they're replacing, like, uh, it's, was it the angsty zebra? Yeah, that was just, see, like that. You know what I mean? I get it. Yeah. But is everyone just going to, oh, and then it. Todd ends up being like a book or something, like an inanimate a object. Fist, head, hand. Oh yeah, he was a hand, and I was yeah. like, head. But like, but I, and I look at my notebook, and I'm like, but I already gave y'all some for the first five episodes. You guys are, you know what I mean? I'm like, all right, yeah, that, yeah. that joke, like, because now they're getting to a point where the punts used to hit or just miss. Ah, okay, that one didn't work. I said, what were you trying though? Now they're not missing. Now they're kind of staining, you know what I mean? I was like, ooh, right, like that they're, one they're was like... shanking shots or something. Yeah, like now it's yeah. not a missed shot that. in the third that. quarter. This is a missed shot like in the in the fourth. And I'm like, that's that. a I bad still, joke. I still think there's a lot of stuff that is really precise in its uh, critique still of culture, yeah. of its critique of anti-heroes. Bo- feminist I, I Bojack? The, the, feminism is bae. That was a great episode. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, and I, I do think that the arc they ultimately pull off between him and his co-star, the Stephanie Beatrice character, mm-hmm. was really good and, and ranks up there with all the emotional arcs that Bojack has. Uh, maybe, yeah, some of the comedy didn't work as well this season for me. I still love Bojack. It, oh, you know, cool. yeah. this isn't going to be my number one show of 2015. I, or 2015. Where, where am I? Oh, I, I hope it isn't because it came out this year. <laughs> This was my show, number one show of 2015. It's not going to be number, my number one show of 2018, uh, but it's going to be up there because I, I love the show. I've already rewatched the season a couple times. I still love the Futuro episode. I love I, it's, it's like it's like a cartoon version of a bottle episode. You also didn't like the fly. Maybe that's why we're different. 
Yeah. But, okay, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the fly. And I like bottle stuff. When, yeah. when they do something. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, any other thoughts on the most recent season of BoJack? Um, just a little theory that my buddy threw out there, and I kind of agree with it. He feels that BoJack's really going to go, because he ends in rehab, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, that's uh, where he, he is at the end of season five. Um, that he's going to go through all that, and he's actually going to become a really, really nice character that it's going to annoy us, and we're going to want him to go back on drugs. We're going to slim shade him. <laughs> we're going to want him right. to go back on the pills. And I was like, I right. can see that. So that, that, what is it? Seven is going to be so annoying because of it that we're going to want him to go back. But, but because of that, in order for the story arc, it's going to be an actual boring season on purpose. So then eight can come back and fix it. And I was like, I, I kind of feel what you're talking about. Cause I, that kind of feels where it's going. Um, I just don't want them to Melissa McCarthy it because missing a pun is one thing, but they, that hand thing again, Sometimes they run with them a little too long. I'm okay. Do yeah. the hand thing once, but y'all animated that for the entire episode. I know you didn't love all of the uh, so long celebrity reference jokes, but I have to admit that I laughed so hard at, am I the grudge between Taylor Swift and Katy Perry? Because I just, I don't know why, but I want you to hold me for a really long time. That was a good one. That, that one, one cracked me up. The 21 Pilots one. <laughs> I was mad dumb. I was mad dumb. That was almost mean. uncalled for. Oh, that was mean. Okay, uh, I'm gonna say one more. Do you have anything else to say? Because I have to end it on one thing. Go ahead. You have nothing because you can't add something after I say this. I liked it. Still. Yo. Oh, and a good, very good season for Diane. I'll say that, and then I'm done. I hate. I hated Diane. I think Diane's getting oh. so annoying. Diane no. needs to grow up. I'm sorry. Diane needs to grow up. I guess she gets to go through her thing. Like, even the people who she worked with. Diane, like, you work. <laughs> at, you get to literally leave this job whenever you want. That's what the mouse tells her. You get to leave this job whenever you want. You're going to complain. Yeah. You're going through your whatever. Just write this top ten whatever. Gossip stuff. Why they do Amy Adams, Jessica Chastain, and uh, they didn't have to do Howard. That was disrespectful. Yes, say a prayer for your favorite redheaded actress tonight. Who was uh, who they, was the one they disrespected it. first? Did they say Jessica Chastain takes Amy Adams' roles? Yes, yes. Okay, that was disrespectful. It's I don't care yeah. if it's true. It's disrespectful. But the <laughs> Dallas Bryce Howard one was even more disrespectful. She takes one, whatever whatever she doesn't take, whatever she doesn't take. That those are. Uh, yeah. So. Wrong. Those are our thoughts on the most recent seasons of American Vandal and BoJack Horseman. Let us know in the comments down below what you thought of either of those shows. We are going to get to our last segment. It's the New to See, where we talk about what's new in theaters, to streaming, and on VOD. Starting with October 12th, Goosebumps 2, Haunted Halloween. Jack Black is back in this PG horror comedy. Did you see the first He's back? Yeah. I thought he wasn't even in it. No, he's in it. Did you see the first one? Yeah, and I thought I saw the sequel. It was called A Clock in the House in the Walls or whatever that was. I thought it's weird that both these movies are out like within a month of each other. What's going on? I thought they were the same movie for like a little while. Man gets a star and starts releasing two movies a month. Yeah, no, it's weird. I didn't even know. I didn't even know it was him who was in it, so. Uh, just a second. My battery died. Yeah, let me mark it.
All right, you good? Yep. Also in theaters this weekend, First Man. How did I not know this was happening already? Damien Chazelle's La La Land follow-up with Ryan Gosling as Neil Armstrong. Many people are talking about this as one of the frontrunners for the Oscars. Art, you talked about it on our last show where mm -hmm. you were talking about movies you saw at TIFF. You're recommending it, though. Only if you see it in IMAX. You have to see it in okay. IMAX because I still think that Damien is known for his endings. Can mm -hmm. you imagine being Damien's wife? Man, his climaxes are some of the <laughs> You gotta see it in IMAX though, because that's where the ending comes in. <laughs> that was I'll wrong. leave that joke right there. <laughs> Beautiful boy, uh, Timothy Chalamet's attempt at a second consecutive yeah. Oscar nomination, navigating a drug addiction opposite Steve Carell. I don't believe you caught this one. Have you? No. Okay, I mean, it's a boy Timmy. I've been yeah, hearing, yeah. yo, I heard a very disrespect, and I know there's a bunch of disrespectful stuff, but John Allman SJW now. Um, someone said that Beautiful Boy was okay. They said, Everyone wants to give Timmy the whatever, but it was actually what's his. And I've been hearing swap. Some say it's Timmy, some say it's uh, Carell. But someone said, Timothy Shala, meh. Ooh, ooh, Aww. slander. Ooh. Slander against our boy Timmy. Woo! Hashtag Timothy actor through the credits. Also, Bad Times at El Royale, the heavily advertised new thriller from Cabin in the Woods director Drew Goddard. This mm -hmm. one stars Jeff Bridges. Dakota I keep thinking Johnson, it's a Coen Chris Brothers. Hemsworth. John Hamm, and many other notable names. Really? Coen Brothers? I keep thinking Are you mixing it up with Ballad of Buster Scruggs? See, that's because that's the one that they're coming up with, but I keep thinking yeah. this is it. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I guess it does, does have like a little of a Coen-y feel, but... because I see Bridges. It, that probably helps, too. Uh, bigger. I believe this one is a documentary. And then The Oath, which is directed by and starring Ike Barinholtz with Tiffany Haddish, Billy Magnuson, and Max Greenfeld. That sounds like a super hit right there. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm curious to check that one out. New to streaming on October 12th on Netflix, a bunch of new Netflix originals, the most notable of which are Apostle, Fight World, The Haunting of Hill House, and something you Big. saw at Sundance, The Kindergarten Teacher. Woo, I actually didn't see that one. I missed it. I had one for it, oh. and I, I chose the tail over it. Oh, right, right, right. I chose right, right. the tail over okay. it. But, yeah, that was one at Sundance. I know it was at TIFF. It's been everywhere, and it's... I'm surprised, I'm surprised it's getting as quiet of a release. Yeah. I haven't heard much about it. They, this um, was like so the yeah. little train that tried. They kept saying, yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal, incredible performance, incredible. And everyone's like, okay. Some people were anticipating an Oscar run for her for, from this, but uh, does that really seem like that's in the cards? That's Netflix, are you saying? Yeah. Wow, okay. HBO Now, October 12th, the Pod Save America midterm special. October 15th, The Sentence, a new HBO documentary. On Amazon on October 11th, Monsters Ball, the movie that won Halle Berry her Oscar. Mr. Robot Season 3, which I am desperate to catch up with. I uh, heard there's some really bravura episodes, so I want to see... I think there's like a one-take episode or something? Yep. I gotta see that. And Strangers Pray at Night. Then on October 12th, also on Amazon, The Romanoffs. This is the new show from Mad Men creator Matt Weiner. An anthology with a crazy premise. Have you heard about this? No. What is this on again? This is on Amazon. The premise of this anthology is that it's a bunch of stories that take place, uh, place around the world and across time. They're about people who believe they're descendants of the infamous Russian Romanov royalty. It's eight episodes long. It stars an endless list of big names like Diane Lane or Isabel Huppert, a Mad Men alum like John Slattery and Christina Hendricks. 
I think Amazon has a big one on their hands with this one. Uh, you know, getting the follow-up from, from Matt Weiner is big enough, but there's also a lot of big names attached to this. I'm really, really curious about the Romanovs. Okay. Then on October 16th, Devil, and October 17th, Donnie Darko, both on Amazon Prime. On Hulu, a lot of NBC and ABC shows are having their season premieres, so if you're a fan of any of those, you can probably find them on Hulu, popping up all over the place. New to VOD, October 9th, 8th grade, one of my favorites of the year, uh, as well as movies like Skyscraper, Hotel Artemis, Hotel Transylvania, two hotel movies. A lot of hotels. Related. Yeah, and Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot uh, are all available on VOD. Then October 16th, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Unfriended Dark Web, and then a couple documentaries, Whitney and Generation Wealth. So those are the movies that are new to see over the next week. Let's get to our pick for the week, though. Art, what should the people check out? I'm off to deep. <laughs> Y'all got to go see uh, A Star is Boy while it's still out there. Um, I would say that's my pick, even with the new ones that are coming out. Uh, like I said, if you are going to go see Damien Chazelle's movie, I said it goes Whiplash, Lala. This one for me. I'm not a big fan okay. of the first two okay. thirds. Y'all well. can rent or write stuff at home, and that does it better. But that ending in IMAX is worth it. All right. And I hate to have to pitch it to it because I feel that kind of takes away from it because it caught me by surprise. I was like, why are y'all wasting this IMAX? Oh, okay, I got you. <laughs> okay, I got you. Um, but I would still say A Star is Born. I'm actually thinking of going to go see A Star is Born again. And I did Ooh, not think that the moment, it, the moment it ended, I'm telling you, it's been growing on me, dude. It's been growing, growing I'm, on I'm, me. I'm excited. I might be seeing A Star is Born tonight or sometime this week. I'll definitely see it soon, and we'll uh, get a little bit deeper into that discussion. My recommendation uh, for people who want to go see a movie in theaters, I haven't seen it yet, but going off of your recommendation and my friend Devin's recommendation, Monsters and Men is finally out. Let's go. Uh, uh, that was one of your favorites out yes, of Sundance. Still is. A story of a story of a police shooting told from different sides, including Three from stories. the cop's perspective, yep. from the perspective of the guy who filmed it. Uh, I'm really excited to see this one. I've heard great things about it. I heard it really uh, tackles the issue in a compelling way and gives everybody their due. Mm -hmm. You recommended it highly, so that's uh, on my radar. Definitely. Uh, and then if you're at home, either VOD, eighth grade, one of my favorites of the year, Bo Burnham's directorial debut, or check out the Romanoffs. I, like I said just a second ago, I'm super curious about it. So a lot of options available, both in theaters and on streaming uh, around now. But that's all for this week's show. Uh, you can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Letterboxd, all at ZShevich. And find my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash art. Where can people find more from you? You can find me at the A to Z Show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I think that's pretty much it around yeah. there. Yeah, oh, those are the ones. And then you can also, of course, find me on YouTube at Let Me Explain, the A to Z Show, those type of things. Uh, yeah, you've been uploading a ton recently. Bro, I told people, I got people, the 10, I kept saying the 10, the 10, the 10. They're like, what the heck is the 10? Give me a Let Me Explain on the 10. And then I dropped <laughs> the 10 videos. I told you this, right? People mm -hmm. thought I died. People said, oh, no, he uploaded all 10 as scheduled for later, but they YouTube screwed him over and they're all up. Oh, no, he's uploading 10 because he's going to commit suicide. Yo, I got DMs saying, is this your goodbye letter to us? Funniest thing in the world. And you had the couple people knew. He was like, no, he's just, he said he was gone from tip. He's got extra ones. I'm like, nah, I got, I got to go. People are looking out. out for you, man. I, they I gotta, appreciate they gotta that. Know you're okay. did, you, did you see our um, uh, seven interview, the searching interview? Someone said, 
they commented on there. So I appreciate it. Shout out to you. They, they said that uh, it, I looked like I was out of it, like I was zoning out, yeah. like I was ready to end it. Now yeah. it's probably just, just zoning out. That's what I, I do it on here too all the time. I think time. it was like maybe one or two in the morning and you had just that driven was a, to Niagara Falls thank that Thank you. Day. That's like, what I had just, yeah, thank you. So it was a late one. It was a late one. But uh, no, I appreciate that concern. People telling me, yo, if you good, upload another one and blink three times, whatever it is. <laughs> now we're good just trying to upload stuff. And I got a bunch more. It's just trying to play catch up. There's so much stuff out there. And and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to kind of feel it there. I have to decide what to pick and watch. And people want me to... It's not just people want me, wanting me to see things and see it now and see this before you see the other one. Yeah. But also, you know, you have to like this more than you like the other one. But no, we're good. Trying to catch up on all of them. Let me explain the A to Z show. And uh, Hear Me Out will come back one day. There's good music coming out. It'll come back. <laughs> and of course... Good. Every time here on the Intercup podcast, where it's the yes. most relaxing one out of all of them. It's hot right yeah. now. I thought it was supposed to get cold a bit. <laughs> I can't wait now that the colder months come in. Now that, you know, maybe maybe eventually soon we're finally going to have that, that that link up. I'm maybe a couple weeks, month, two, I don't know, in the New Ooh. York area. So, uh, yeah, now that it gets cold, it's going to be a lot better, more relaxed. I mean, look at this. I had the comfort t-shirt on, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you can follow us weekly here at the Intercut pod. Yes, you can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on your favorite podcatcher using Alexa on TuneIn, whatever you want to do. I personally like Overcast. Uh, then make sure you're not subscribed only to the audio podcast. Subscribe to the video feed as well here on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash intercutpod. Intercutpod is the handle where you can find all of our social media, stuff like our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter pages. You can get updates from us throughout the week by following us at intercut pod i'm retweeting stuff from me from art from the guests that we have on the show so if you like the people we have here uh you can keep up to date on our thoughts on movies Mm -hmm. and more through social media also make sure to leave us a comment like this video consider heading over to itunes and give us a five-star review like cadmon 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 fair for us yeah he's he's an he's an avid viewer yeah he's a, a he's a good dude Shouted out my outros, which I, that works for me. I, any excuse to keep doing them and keep confusing <laughs> art is, is fine by me. Uh, so, yeah, please leave more five-star reviews complimenting me. Art gets enough. And then uh, you can <laughs> check out more uh, on all of our social media. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, remember, you know, when this is all over, I hope we keep in touch on social media and in real life. What's that one from? The last episode of American Vandal, they're interviewing What's-His-Face, and he's like, you know, we should really oh, keep in yeah, touch yeah, yeah. And in real on life. social and, and in real life. life. Yeah, okay, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs>